with just over 140,000 infected and a little over 5,000 deaths, the world is afraid. The coronavirus has not just become a pandemic, it has become a fear deep in the hearts of so many people all over the world. But as Muslims, how should we be responding as people of faith to such a crisis? In this podcast, we're going to cover the five things every Muslim should be doing right now to respond to the coronavirus. Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the podcast where we are encouraging and empowering the average modern-day Muslim to live life more aligned and mindfully by the Sunnah. So we cover topics here on love, relationships, spirituality, organization, life hacks, anything the average Muslim has to go through that is very specific to our community, we cover it here. And if you don't know me, I'm your host, Mindful Muslima. I'm a licensed educator of 20 years, kind of like a big sister to the community, and a mom of five beautiful children of my own. Um, Every week before we start the podcast, I do love to give a shout out and I want to give one to a new listener that we have to the podcast. And by the way, if you're a new listener, welcome, welcome. This shout out is to Suzu SX. Thank you, Suzu. I know you've been reaching out to me and you've been loving the podcast. You've been mentioning how you've been driving to work and listening to it. A lot of people, ironically, they really listen to this podcast while they're driving, going somewhere else, kind of get like a boost on their day. So I totally know what that's like when you need that little bit of uplift in your daily time. So thank you so much, Suzu. And I wanted to give you a personal shout out, say welcome, welcome to our podcast. And thank you so much for listening to and sharing my content. If you want to get a shout out on my podcast, you can uh, basically share my content in your IG stories and tag me. I always get notified. Um, You can leave me um, a review on the Apple Podcast Review or share my stuff from YouTube on your IG. It's up to you. But thank you again for being such a uh, loyal listener, Susan, and I'll talk to you again, hopefully, inshallah. So today we're covering a topic that is actually really serious. It's a topic that has been becoming kind of heavy on everyone's heart as time's passing and we're hearing more and more information how the coronavirus is breaking out worldwide. And what I think it's important for the average Muslim to do is to remember at the end of the day, there is always a response that our that our beautiful Quran and our Prophet, peace be upon him, and all our prophets have given us on how to respond to calamity and to, to epidemics. And this is nothing new. In the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and different other of the, the you know, the, the ulama and the tabi'in and all the, these other time periods, there were other things kind of similar to this. And I think when we're looking for wisdom on how to respond, one of the best things we can do is to look to our own history. Now, one of our great brothers, Malaz Majani from the One Path Network, he recently came um, on uh, social media and he gave these really great five points of advice. And I thought they were beautiful and they needed to be shared to the Muslim community. So today I'm going to be covering those and sharing them with you because these are the five things that the average Muslim can be doing right now to respond to the coronavirus. Okay, so we're going to cover this today. Number one. I think it's kind of obvious, but I I know it's easier said than done. Don't panic. And, you know, panic will basically only increase our fear and reduce our ability to respond effectively to this situation. And now, I don't know about you, but where I live, people have been kind of clearing shelves. It's hard to find sanitizer. Actually, jokingly, I told my my um, my stepson to look up some sanitizer on Amazon, and he found a gallon for $80. Like, the price of sanitizer, hand sanitizer is going up. But so is actually kind of like the blood pressure, and then there's like a lack of patience with people to one another. So we had a similar thing if you're from New York here um, 
You might be aware that we had a really bad hurricane, Hurricane Sandy, a couple years back. Similarly, when things got crazy and electricity was shut out and, um, you know, people were cut off and gas was, you know, gas prices were going crazy and it was hard to get, people started to get really, really bad with one another, even to the point where people would pull guns out on each other at the gas station, fighting over who gets to get the next gallon of gas. And that kind of always scared me because I said, gosh, if this is what's happening right now, could you imagine if an even bigger event happened? And while the coronavirus is a super big event, it's it's also something where we're not affected by it as much as our fear is affected. So you might be in your home, at work, driving in your car, but you have yourself has, have had no direct contact with the virus. And yet you feel like it's just something in your daily life that you personally have to deal with because a lot of our fear is kind of taking over us and making our day-to-day life a lot harder. So the first advice is obviously don't panic. Panicking is never a good way to respond. And I remember one last thing I'll tell you personally a long time ago. Um, I remember there was a situation when I was younger and something had caught fire in our kitchen and I started to get very anxious. I was like, oh, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And then I was taught by an adult, listen, whenever there's something really bad that's happening, the last thing you need to do is to get anxious and upset. Just breathe in. They taught me breathe out and just think clearly, what should I be doing next? And so they clearly like reached over, they got the cover, they got the lid, they smothered the fire and it was over. They said, had you responded in a way that was, you know, less, less than great, you could have like literally caught the whole kitchen on fire. So you have to calm down when there's a panic and think what are the most responsible ways that I can handle this issue. And that's what I remind myself all the time. Just calm down. You're not going to make good decisions when you're upset. Right? So number one is don't panic. Number two, um, take the necessary precautions. You know, the prophet peace be upon him. He, he would tell us that to take reasonable means while at the same time to place trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this means that we should take heed of the precautionary measures sent out by health officials, but also to take care that the information that we're getting is not false information and that we're not spreading false information. For example, I know many of us have things like WhatsApp and and YouTube, and sometimes people are passing around videos that are not completely true. So just also be careful as you're uh, seeking information that you're not also passing on information that could be false. Check the sources before you pass things on. And then there's also things about, like, for example, face masks. Some people are saying that they don't help at all. A lot of scientists and doctors are saying this is actually not something you should be doing and this is something for the doctors. There's other things we should be doing. So make sure that whatever we're doing, it's basically something that actually has been suggested. Let's not jump to conclusions and let's not share information that we are not sure is true, right? And um, just the basic things that I know many of us should know this already, but I'll just remind us here. Washing our hands effectively 15 to 20 seconds is really important. Um, Obviously, avoiding public spaces, Right now, we don't know who has what. So if you don't need to travel, if you don't need to go out, if you don't need to do things, the better idea is to try to minimize your contact because it just minimizes the risk, right? It's common sense. And then the third thing I would say is make sure we are just, I know we hear about it a lot, keeping our immune system strong, right? Because whenever you have a sickness, you want to make sure your immune system is strong. So I always do things like the prophet, peace be upon him, he taught us about honey and how honey can cure all types of things. So we have beautiful jar of honey that we have from Yemen, obviously. Try not to use that cheap honey from the store. It's not, it's mostly like corn syrup. Try to get a good quality bottle of honey and take a spoonful or two, or or sometimes even having that with lemon. Just really, you know, ensure that you're eating well right now, you're sleeping well, getting enough rest, you're hydrating with water. 
Focus on yourself and what you can do right now to keep yourself at your optimum health. If you don't usually go into the gym, go to the gym. I mean, just try to be healthy and take care of that gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, you know, of our body. And if you don't feel well, obviously, avoid public spaces. Because while you might feel like, you know, you're not that at risk, you might be putting other people at risk who have a low immune system. That could be the elderly. That could be someone who just naturally is prone to sickness. We don't really know. And alhamdulillah, also, you know, one of the benefits bits of wudu and actually wudu is just such a barakah in so many ways in disease and spreading of disease anyway that we're making wudu in addition to these things five times a day we're cleaning out our nostrils where sometimes things can go there and and sickness can spread between our throat and our and our nose so these are also beautiful precautions salah right just rushing to salah not delaying salah alhamdulillah so the third one that we should be thinking on and focusing on is definitely And, you know, it's funny, I always find it interesting when medical officials, they have these things that seem new to us now, but they're actually from our sunnah from a long time ago. Um, Then one of the newer things, number three, is isolation, we're told about. But in the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him, we were told about isolation in epidemics like this. A lot of medical officials are encouraging people to practice self-quarantine and such. That's what I'm talking about. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, told us, if we hear of an outbreak of a plague in, in a land, do not enter it. But if the plague breaks out in a place while you're in it, do not leave that place. And that's for obviously being responsible and the fact that, yes, while we, you know, um, might be in that place when it breaks out, not to take that and spread it to our family, to our friends, to go in a place where we're traveling on a plane, on a a taxi. And think about all the, the people you'd come into contact from the time that you left that place until you basically got to where you were meant to go. And you could even then bring it to your family. So you want to be really careful in this time that um, we're, we're, practicing this self-practice where we're not putting ourselves in spaces where there's a lot of people and there's danger. Even the masjid, and this is something I was thinking about, oh gosh, you know, Ramadan's coming up, subhanAllah, and this is a time when we are going to be maybe praying tarawi in large congregation, but what if we're not? What if this Ramadan, it's different, and we're told that we have to not congregate for Ramadan? That would be so, so crazy, right? I was thinking about that, subhanAllah, that we take that Baraka, we take that for granted that we're able to come together for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as this thing, if, if it gets more and more and more, we might be encouraged to stay home. Now it's okay, we can pray in our houses at night, that's fine. But I do want to say also, even on Friday prayers or anything, if you feel like you're sick for any reason, do not go to the masjid. I know you might feel like you're okay for your own self and you're just seeking spiritual benefit, but in this case, actually, the harm that you could cause someone else because of their weak community, if they're elderly um, or they're really young, sometimes women bring young babies to the masjid could actually be more of a harm than the benefit of your own personal spiritual benefit. So in this case, Islamically, it is not a good idea. And by the way, if you had the intention to go, but something held you back, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written that for you. If it was something that literally you were held up, but you would have gone had you could. So subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then number four is just spiritual spiritual protection. I think as Muslims, the thing that kind of makes us a bit different is that we have our own way of seeking out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our times of distress and need. And so there's many adhkar that the Prophet, peace be upon him, used to remind us of. And he would say, for example, the one adhkar that says, In the name of Allah, when whose name is mentioned, nothing on earth or in the heaven can cause harm. And he is the hearer and knower. And if the believer says this three times in the morning, um, he's protected until the 
the evening. And if he is saying it in the evening, he's protected um, three times. He's protected until the, the next morning. So subhanAllah, alhamdulillah. And, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most merciful. And there are things, you know, and dust off our adhkar book, guys. This is the time, even before Ramadan, that we should be reminding ourselves of the mercies that Allah gives us, but also seeking his protections in the way that he has taught us. And number five is something that I think we say it, but we don't really understand the brevity of it. Number five is trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? I mean, take all these precautionary measures, do all that you can. But at the end of the day, our trust and our hope should be in all things and all things that are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything is by the qadr of Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah 9 verse 51, never will we be struck except by what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for us. You know, he is our protector. And upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, let the believer rely. So there is nothing that can stop something that was meant to hit us and nothing that can cause something to hit us that was not meant to hit us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in full control over all things. So let's remind ourselves in this time that we are not in control of our life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and he gifted this life to us and we should be grateful and use it. So if anything, instead of fear and panic in this time, let us use this time, this calamity as a reminder to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for us to return to our faith and, you know, at the end of the day, we are weak and we should be reminded that something so small as this virus, something you can't even see by the naked eye, is taking entire countries, the greatest nations of the world, and pulling them down. And by Allah is, is our help. And subhanAllah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from any harm. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our families and protect us from fear, from our own fear, and allow us to put our full trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and keep us safe. Ameen, ameen, ya rabbil alameen. I'm so glad that you joined me in this Friday. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and protect you and your family. And don't forget, if you want to get on my waiting list to talk about all things Ramadan, get everything that I have to help you have a spiritually uplifting Ramadan. Don't forget to get on my waiting list. You can get all my freebies, all my goodies, and everything that will help to make this hopefully be your best Ramadan yet, inshallah bismi ta'ala. I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi, wa barakatuh. Bad habits are hard to break. I mean, it's not like we don't want to be better people. It's just that we have these things that we do. Sometimes people know about them. Sometimes they're secret things people do. And we just can't stop them. And I mean, with Ramadan around the corner, so many Muslims out there are looking for this time of year to finally make a breakthrough, to finally stop doing things we shouldn't be doing and to be the better, happier version of ourselves that we always aspired to have. But it just seems like it's really hard to break those habits. And why is it that we repeat these same bad habits over and over? And why is it that it's so hard to make better and new ones? And how can we finally understand how we could actually have success with those habits once and for all? I mean, what is the key to success? Well, in this podcast, we're going to talk about just that. Take a listen. You're not going to want to miss it.